<laughs> okay, so this week, well, um, he basically been talking about glorifying God by obedience. So, you guys are going to get up to hear some of my testimony <laughs> and about how obedience has changed my life. Nothing we do is supposed to be for our glory. Everything we say or do is supposed to, however, be to glorify God. Everything from paying bills to our daily chores to our careers to our giving of tithes, everything is for the glory of God. If it doesn't glorify God, then I can safely say that you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> Everything we eat, drink, or do is for the glory of God. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God created everything. He created us. Why would we ever want to not glorify him. There are many ways we can glorify God, but one of those is by obedience, obeying him. Obey, a lot of people don't like that word. I personally love that word, obedience. Being obedient to God changed my life. In Isaiah 119, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. It also says in James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Right here tells us that we have to do what the word of God says, not just hear or read the word of God. If we only hear and read, we are deceiving ourselves. In Luke um, 6.46, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Jesus is asking why some people call him Lord, but do not obey what he tells you. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are saying that Jesus is the Lord of your life, the ruler. You are surrendering your ways of life to his way of life. Surrender means to hand over, submit, to give oneself up into the power of another, to yield to the power, control, or possession of another upon compulsion or demand. One of my favorite verses is Mark 8:34, where Jesus said, "Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me." Deny means in Hebrew to disown, to turn back, to say no, to disown totally. So deny is a very powerful word. So when it says to follow Jesus, we have to deny ourselves, means we have to totally disown our lives and give them to the Lord. So if we follow what the world says to focus on, our plan for our life, our wants, our desires, where does, where does the word deny come into play? Where do we see we are following him? How can we truly follow Jesus if we control our lives or even a part of our lives? We have to let go of our wants. We have to let go of our desires 
And we have to ask God his wants and his desires are for our lives. Stop being all about us and instead be all about him. We were, crea- we were created for his purpose, not our purpose. Once I realized I wasn't about me and my wants, but all about laying those down and picking up his wants and desires and it being all about glorifying God, I immediately got on my knees and I resurrendered my life. But this time I was denying myself and I said, not my will, but your will be done. I didn't want anything to be what I wanted. I just gave him my all. I was truly reborn that night. The way I looked at things changed. God opened my eyes, and I clearly saw. The Lord gave me a vision that when I was walking on the edge of water, on the water, on the, right on the edge, and he said, there were choices that I could make. Somehow I was aware of the choices I could make. I could decide to walk the opposite way back up to the shore, walking and living my own life, my own way, without a relationship with God at all, not listening to the word of God, let alone applying it to my daily life. Another choice I had was I could choose to keep walking straight, right on the edge of the water, still living for myself pretty much, not denying myself like the word says, on his path, I was saying we believe, but we are not listening to what God was telling me. The third one was I could choose to walk with one foot in and one, one foot in the water and one foot on the sand, saying I wanted to follow God, do good things in Jesus' name, but never committing, never denying myself. I was neither hot nor cold. I could hear but I didn't do. God's word warns us about this in Revelation 3.16. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. The last one, I could walk straight into the water, immersing myself in him completely by denying myself, picking up my cross, and following him over my head, pursuing holiness As I was going in over my head, everything kept getting brighter and brighter. (laughs) So another thing, another time God told me was immerse yourself in me and I will take care of you. So if you... Sorry. See, the world is all about self all about what makes me happy, what my dreams are, all about building yourself up. We are told if we are not happy, then we need to do something to fix it. In the world, if you're not happy in a marriage, the world says you deserve better, you deserve to be happy, and the next thing you know, divorce happens. The world's all about self. Think about selfies. You're always taking selfies all about yourself. It's not about others. In the world, people are depressed because they are not happy. But they are not happy because they are not trying to live how the, they are trying to live how the world tells them to live. That they are the most important. And that they, that you need to find yourself, well, 
All that is confusing, and it isn't about any of that at all. It is all about denying yourself. Not finding yourself, but losing yourself. In Mark 8.35, it says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. We were not created so we could do whatever we wanted to do. We were created with a divine purpose. That purpose is to glorify God by working for his kingdom and letting others see him shine through us. Everyone here has a calling. God never said to retire from doing what you are called to do. God gave everyone gifts and talents to use for his kingdom. There's not one person in the Bible that retired from doing what God called them to do. They were always doing something for him. God never, God gave everyone gift. Where was I? Sorry. <laughs> um, you can retire from a career, but not from God's calling. Never did God say we were done here on earth. We are not done until the good Lord takes us home. Everyone here has a calling what God created you for. God doesn't take our calling away. Now, we do have a choice to walk away from it, but then we are choosing to walk our own path and choosing to disobey God. Have you ever said no to God? I have. But now I think back and I couldn't imagine what my life would have been like if I didn't change my no to a yes. See, one day I heard someone say, I have no more faith in you, but I just obey more. For some reason, that just stuck with me, and I pondered, and I prayed over it, and I kept telling God I want to obey, and then asking him when I needed to obey him. I prayed, and I apologized, and I asked for forgiveness if I missed it. Then I proceeded to tell him I wanted to obey, and then I went to sleep. I remember waking up telling him, no way. Not going to happen. Anything else, I can't do that. You know that that's not, from, that's, that's not me. What I heard him tell me was to join the worship team. I told him no several times in that conversation, but I finally said, yes, I will. Remember, not my will, but your will be done should always be what we say to God. After all, that is what Jesus said in Luke twenty-two forty-two before he died on the cross for us. So, the story behind the reason I said no right away, see, I hated to be in front of people. I hated to talk in front of people. I didn't want to sing in front of people. In high school, I would do all the written work. I would skip the oral presentations. I didn't care if it affected my grade. There was no way I was getting up in front of that class to give a presentation. Being in front of people and speaking and singing was my greatest fear. Now I look back and I know fear didn't come from anyone besides the enemy. Why would he want me to have fear of talking and singing in front of people? Maybe because the fear would hold me back from God's plan in my life. What is holding you back? What are you not obeying God with? Those are questions that I ask repeatedly to make sure that I'm following him. So after I said yes, I will, I knew if I didn't do something right away, then I wasn't obeying God. So I immediately reached out to the worship leader at that time, told her everything in a message. I figured she wouldn't get back to me right away, and it would be a long process. So I thought to myself, 
I did my part now. The rest is on God. Well, turn out, she got back to me immediately, like 10, within 10 minutes. And the next time the worship team got together, she had me join. It was really fast. <laughs> I didn't have time to think about anything. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that my fear went away right then. It didn't. I was scared to sing on stage for a little while, but God grew me. He equipped me all because I said yes, and I obeyed him. God will never call you to do something that he doesn't equip you for. In 1 Corinthians 1.26, it says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you are wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. He doesn't call you when you think that you can do it on your own. You need him to accomplish what your calling is. And continues in 27, it says, Instead, God chose those things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they were wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. But guess what? What I didn't know when, when you obey God at that time was when you obey him, he blesses you. At that time, Chad... My husband had been struggling at work. He had put in for a promotion after promotion after promotion and never received one single one. There was always a reason that never made sense to him. He started to think they just didn't like him and were never going to plan on promoting him. If you know Chad, he's a very hard worker, so that wasn't something that we were concerned about. He always went over and beyond, so we didn't understand. He put another promotion in before I obeyed God. And the day I joined the worship team was the day he was called and told he got the promotion. I said to Chad after that, I said, I said look what happens. I obeyed God and you were promoted. He goes, why didn't you obey sooner? Um, when I was younger, I didn't have that fear of speaking and singing in front of anyone. We, he, we used to put on plays and performances and for anyone and everyone, but slowly the fear grew more and more until it controlled me. But God said, fear is not from him. In 2 Timothy 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. And also in Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So if you're hearing God speak to you and calling you into his plan, and you have fear because you don't know enough, you aren't brave enough, then just jump and say yes to God. You will not regret it. There can be many things that stop us from obeying God. It doesn't have to be fear but we have to recognize it and then deny what is holding us back because anything is possible with God by your side. If you can do it all on your own, chances are that it is not his plan for you. His plan is something that you can't achieve on your own. You need him. Sometimes one step in obedience is all it takes the world to open that you never knew. I never intended... First of all, I never intended to be doing this either. <laughs> or singing on stage by myself. That was whole. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> just like when I was told I need to start youth, that was another thing. God was calling me and telling me, you need to start youth at church. And a lot of thoughts went through my head, and I wanted to say no. I really, I was like, I don't know anything. There's all kinds of things. You're like, who am I? But this time I said, yes, okay, but only if you go with me. Only if you're with me at all times. When I went to talk to the pastor and ask him about starting youth, I started to, uh, I started to let fear creep in. So I just, I just said, Lord, take over. I said, not my will, but your will be done. And next thing I know, the question just went out of my mouth. And I was like, immediately said yes. So that's how youth started here at the church. If you are doing what God has called you to do, you will be attacked by the enemy. I have been attacked several times, but the two that I'm going to talk about are the one when I joined the worship team and the other immediately after I said that I would do youth. So once I joined the worship team, if most, probably everyone here or most people, I got really sick. Like, I was in a lot of pain. Um, the thing is, is I worshiped through it. I praised him through it. I literally was on the ground crying because I was in so much pain. The doctors still don't know what, what it was. But I do know that no matter what the enemy tried to throw at me, God was there, and he helped me. And I knew that even though I felt like, because I couldn't eat or drink for, I didn't drink water or eat for over a month. I drank Sprite. That was the only thing that I could drink at that time. And so everything else wouldn't, it would come back up. <laughs> so I knew, even though my kids were looking at me and going, are you going to make it? Are you okay? And I was like, I'll be fine. The Lord's got me. There's no way he's going to take me out <laughs> when I just started doing what he finally wanted me to do. <laughs> so... Even though I, I, could see, I could see what was in front of me, I knew everything was going to be okay. The other time was in, uh, right after I had asked the pastor if we could start youth. If we could start youth. <laughs> Madison, Dakota, and I were driving home. That same day, we were driving home, and we were going to the stoplight, it was, it was not stop. It was a traffic light, but it was green. We were going, and there was nobody. And all of a sudden, this black SUV with tinted windows comes speeding, and I knew there was no way I was stopping. There was absolutely no way that I could stop that, stop the van that fast. I slammed on my brakes and just said, "Jesus!" And next thing you know, we could feel the van be pulled back. So, the enemy will try to take you out, but if you're doing what God's called you to do, he's not going to let that happen if you still have a purpose. And As you can see, obedience changed my life, but what you all don't know is it changed the whole dynamic of my family. So, 
obedience changed mine, but eventually got my husband saved and baptized. And he did that with the youth when he decided, well, he came to me one day and he says, okay, I have this opportunity where I could work on weekends and be off during the weekdays. And I said, that messes up my whole schedule. <laughs> was homes because I homeschool the girls and when he's home, we don't get a whole lot of schoolwork done because <laughs> he always wants to be at the farm and help and stuff. So I was like, okay. He's like, well, let's, he goes, can you pray on it? And I was like, yeah. So we sat there, and that was the first time he ever asked me to pray with him. So I prayed with him, and we prayed on it and stuff, and I came back to him probably a couple days later, and I said, I said, I don't know what you're getting. I said, but... As much as I don't want it, I think you have to take it. I said, but you're going to miss church. But I guess you get to come to youth. But I knew there was something there that was going to happen. And like I said, he got saved and he got baptized. So uh, so that's, that's my story. And that's where obedience comes in. See, we are supposed to do and say everything to glorify God. We're supposed to glorify him by being obedient. We are supposed to follow what he wants us to do, not what we want to do. Everything from paying bills to our giving, everything is for the glory of God. Then... So, I don't really have anything else. <laughs> so, um, we're going to take our tithes and offerings. And so, when we take our tithes and offerings, we need to remember that it's all about obedience and doing what God says. Because everything that you give for tithes and offerings is all for the kingdom of God. And it's to do his work. So we have to always make sure that we're doing and obeying what he's telling us to do. We give with a cheerful heart. Thank you. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for this offering. We just thank you for everything, Lord. We just come to you, and we know that you'll take this, and you'll grow your kingdom, and we'll do your work, Lord. And we just love you so much. And uh, just thank you, and please just bless this, and bless everyone giving, Lord. And we just thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now we have communion. Does everyone have communion cups?
We take communion, we are remembering what Jesus did for us. We take the bread as a way to remember Jesus's, way his bones broke for us. And we take this cup as a remembrance of Jesus's blood that was poured out for us. And we just thank you, Lord. And we remember, and we thank you for everything, and we take the cup for healing, Lord, and we just thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. blood that you've poured out for us. In Jesus' name.